Long ago in ancient Mesopotamia, a civilization laid the foundations for Christianity, but in ways one might not expect. Hosts Denise and Buddy Wood go on a spiritual and thought-provoking journey, uncovering and exploring some of Christianity's hidden truths. Join us as we unveil and explore the mystery that is the remnants of Ur. Welcome to Remnants of Ur. My name is Denise Wood. And I'm Buddy Wood. And in episode 13, we talked about the meaning of harem, a term that was introduced by Moses, which means that killing was completely acceptable when it was done to preserve their pure religion. And I'm sure that many of you out there were just like me. And a light bulb went off and said, that sounds kind of familiar, especially in the day and age in which we live. And it wasn't uh, long ago that as we were putting these podcasts together, uh, 911 was just a few days ago. You know, there's uh, that Al-Qaeda and that Taliban and all these other different religious sects that go along with the same line of where it's okay to kill people if they perhaps threaten the purity of your religion. And so it's okay to kill the infidels. And I just, you know... It just it doesn't seem like we've come very far the last two or three thousand years. Right. We still have people on the earth today that think that that's okay to preserve a religion, to keep it pure, that it's okay. I mean, the Christians did it, the, the crusade, and it's still happening today. There's still genocide taking place today on this simple ideology of harem. Right, and I don't believe that these radical groups— represent the Muslim faith. And that's where people get kind of right. They're just clouded radical. where they think that all Muslims They're, are like right, Al-Qaeda. Right. And no, and we certainly don't want to think that in any way. I've never studied the Muslim religion, but I do not hold them accountable for the uh, actions of some a few small radical groups. But nonetheless, I wanted to make the point that that ideology is still alive and yes. well in this earth. This is episode uh, 14, and it, it coincides with chapter 10 of the book Remnants of Ur. Before we get into the prophets, I want to review a brief history about the translation of the Bible from Hebrew and Greek into English. In the early 1500s, a scholar named William Tyndall translated the Bible directly from the Hebrew and Greek manuscripts into English. And with the invention of the printing press, he was able to produce and distribute his work in England. People began to read for themselves, and it helped fuel the Protestant Reformation. Being that the Catholic Church was the official church of England at the time, Tyndall was convicted of heresy and was burned at the stake. His dying words were, Lord, open the king's eyes. You know, you know, my goodness, it just that almost coincides with what we just talked about, about the harem. It was against the law in England at the time to practice outside of the Catholic faith. And worthy of death and burning at the stake? Yes. And this was only, you know, 600 years ago. Wow. Yeah. We're just moving right along. Right. Yeah. So a century later, England had already been freed from the bonds of the Catholic Church when King James took the throne. 
He was a dedicated Protestant, and he appointed roughly 50 scholars to translate the original Hebrew and Greek manuscripts into English. The result was a Bible that was about 80% in agreement with the wording that Tyndale had chosen. The reason I wanted to share that is that since King James was a scholar himself, he made sure to keep the English words consistent throughout the Bible. This consistency really helps when doing a concordance search. It clarifies the meaning of a particular word by seeing how it is used again and again throughout the Bible. And what we've discovered recently is that because King James was a Protestant, some of his interpretation of the text is worded to support his beliefs. What we did is we looked at the Hebrew Bible and we compared a scripture, and it's different. Yeah. Well, it's quite obvious that uh, King James, in his version of the Bible, leans towards the Christian faith, and it, and rightfully so. He was a Christian. He, he uh, was a Protestant, and he was a scholar. But in doing so, I hate to use the word tainted, but I will certainly say that's the reason they call it the Christian Bible. And then they have a Hebrew Bible. But the Christian Bible definitely leads and leans toward the Christian faith. And we'll go into that. Buddy, next episode is going to cover Isaiah 53 in depth, and he's going to compare the Christian Bible version to the Hebrew Bible, the Tanakh. And the Tanakh was translated in 1917 directly from Hebrew. Hebrew into English. Yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about the prophets. While studying and searching for truth, I really resonated with two prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah. Buddy and I feel somewhat of a connection to these two men who lived their lives completely dedicated to spiritually seeking a true God and hearing His voice. I find it fascinating to think of their lives roughly 2,600 years ago. No distractions of electronics, no social media, or whatever to vie for their attention. They were able to be in silence before the Lord and to hear the still small voice of God that Buddy mentioned in a previous episode. Their challenge was not to hear the voice of God, but to deliver the message to the Hebrew kings and religious leaders, the prophets were often reviled and sometimes killed. I would like to start with Isaiah. He prophesied during the time of the Assyrian exile. The Hebrew religion based on Mosaic law was well established during the Assyrian invasion. Thousands of people from the northern kingdom Israel were taken captive. Although the southern kingdom of Judah was surrounded, it was never occupied by the Assyrians and Solomon's temple was left intact. Isaiah was from the southern kingdom of Judah, where the temple resided, so it is surprising what he writes in the first chapter of the book that bears his name. Isaiah is speaking to the kings and priests of Judah, and he calls them the leaders of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, he wasn't pulling any punches, he? was. was. He? No. And now so. you can see why they uh, sometimes would get murdered. But, yeah. I mean, he was speaking what he believed God was saying. He certainly was. And in chapter 1, verse 11, he continues, and it reads, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, said the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks 
or of lambs, or of he-goats. When you appear before me, who has required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear you. Your hands are full of blood. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek discernment. Relieve the oppressed. Be there for the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now, let us reason together. That's quite the, uh, quite the scripture. It really is. You know, you know, the same word, evil. Remember when we talked last episode about the evil imaginations of the heart? Mm-hmm. He's using it here again when he's talking about blood sacrifice. Yeah. Cease to do evil. And you spread forth your arms and your hands, and they're full of blood. Yeah. In many ways, as you're reading this scripture, you know, it, it's pertinent to the church today. It is. And there's a scripture in uh, Isaiah in 52 near the end of that chapter. And it says, come out from among them and touch no unclean thing. And that is really is what God is calling to the church today. I agree. Come out from among them, those who love the Lord with a pure heart. Touch no unclean thing. And so, anyways, I just wanted to toss that in there. Absolutely. You know, uh, That's exactly what's happening. And yeah. this wash you, and we'll talk about this later in episodes. John the Baptist, that's what he was doing. He was cleansing the people with a mikvah. They were washing themselves clean from that religion. He was ushering in the kingdom of heaven and symbolically cleansing themselves of that religion. And really, church, hear me, it's time to cleanse yourself of that religion. Behold, the kingdom of heaven is here, and it's today. But anyways, we're not quite done with this. (laughs) (laughs) In chapter 9 and chapter 11, Isaiah is clearly writing about Christ And at the end of chapter 11 is a prophecy that has not been fulfilled yet. The wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the whole earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. When Jesus sent out his disciples to preach the kingdom of God, he said, Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Christ called the religious leaders wolves in sheep's clothing, so we know who the wolves are, and it is clear that the disciples were being called the lambs. So according to Isaiah, there is coming a day that those two will dwell together, and it is then that the whole world will be filled with the knowledge of who God truly is. I'm looking forward to that day. I don't know if I will ever see it in my lifetime, but I can hope. Yeah, you know, and we were talking earlier, you you and I were before this podcast, how the religious sector, they are the wolves. And yet the lambs are those who are truly in love with our Father. 
yes. with, and with his son, the Messiah. Those are the lambs. And so as these people hear this podcast and as pastors hear this podcast, and they're going to say, and many of them will be angry at us, but many of them are going to say, you know what, they're right. And they're going to start spreading this message of the kingdom of heaven to the congregations. And we're going to start to see the fulfillment of this prophecy. The lamb shall dwell with the wolves. I believe it. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. If you're interested, our book, Remnants of Ur, is available on Amazon. If you have any questions or comments, our email is remnantsover at gmail.com.